When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-hosts Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Why, hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another evening of Jaybird Watching. I am your host this evening, Craig Borden. I am here with Jason Lyons and special guest, Eric Rosenheck, the heck from Twitter. How are we doing, guys? You know, I, um, I'm really well. Uh, weather has been beautiful out here on the left coast. Um, got a couple of uh, Canadians games ticket coming up here that I'm excited to go see. Um, you know, just a lot of baseball all. Baseball's in the air right now, and... Uh, it's a lot of fun. Life at the Nat Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, thank you so much for the invite, Craig. Uh, I've been listening to this show for a few years, so it's a real real honor to be actually part of the show now. Yeah, and to no shortage of us chit-chatting and talking and whatnot, just is nice finally to you know put this face-to-face instead of uh, random Twitter batter back and forth. But hey, it's about the fun we always love to have on Blue Jays' uh, Twitter and whatnot. But to that point, Eric, um, seeing you're the guest, give the Blue Jays fans on the show a little picture of where you're going to find some of your writing and everything soon. Oh, okay. So uh, essentially, uh, I have a blog. It's called Definitely Not Jays Talk. And uh, you can get to it by going to dnjt.wordpress.com. Uh, I started it back in 2012. And at first, it was a podcast. It was a Definitely Not Jays Talk podcast. In fact, the first ever guest, Craig, you might know this name, Jared McDonald. He was uh, he was the he was either the founder of JaysJournal.com or or one of the original editors, one of the original writers. But he was guest number one, and uh, the podcast went all the way until the end of the 2016 season, so 2012 to 2016. And the last ever guest on the podcast was a young man by the name of Brendan Panikar, who you also might know, who I um, might know because he used to be a host on this show. Exactly. So yeah, it was a podcast and then a podcast and a blog. And then now it's just a blog. And uh, yeah, I just I love baseball. I love the Blue Jays. And uh, I'm one of those goofballs who will cheer for the team, whether the worst team in the league or the best team in the league. And uh, I love to write and uh, I love to write about the Blue Jays. And that's, uh, that's basically where you can find my work. The reason I had to make sure I gave you that pitch before all the fun here is knowing part of that story with the Brendan connection. <laughs> Well, actually, Brendan, if you could believe it, Brendan is one of the few uh, Blue Jay Twitter 
personalities that I've met face to face. We actually come from the same area of the city. Um, so I used to work at a, at a, at a rec center. Um, well, I, I work at a recreation center. I w- used to work at another one. And uh, mm-hmm. his family used to be members of that rec center. So oh, nice. uh, we used to chat every now and then about the Jays and the Niners and everything. And uh, yeah. so the, a little bit of a connection with him and, and the connection <laughs> with, uh, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, I have something about co-hosts on the show that always end up being 49ers fans. So. Listen, Jason, when I was a kid, I loved Steve Young. I loved Jerry Rice. I loved Brent Jones, Deion Sanders, that 95 team, George Seifert. Oh, my God, did they kill the Chargers that year, right? I can't. I mean, I can't even. I, uh, it's funny now when I run into Niners fans because there's so many guys of sort of my age group that I mean, that's all they knew was the Niners. And especially when you're in Canada, you got to see so very little of the NFL. You really, the, the Niners were so good. They were always on primetime. And yeah. uh, that's actually uh, a signed Jerry Rice helmet that a friend oh, of mine got for me. Wow. From, signed by Jerry Rice. He was, um, he was in Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, just outside of the, the foreign sports store there. And uh, it happened to be my birthday coming up and, uh, uh, he went in and bought the helmet and walked right outside and got it, got it signed and got a picture and authenticity and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been a Niners fan for a long time. We'll, we'll drag that up on another, you know, when we're in the, we're in the doldrums of the middle of summer or even the dead of winter when we're still doing this thing. No one's even thinking about baseball. Maybe we'll have a Niners cast just for one, but yeah, there you go. You know, there you go. bleed it, bleed it, love it, love it. <laughs> So why don't we get to what this actual podcast might be about, which is Toronto Blue Jays baseball, believe it or not. <laughs> so as much as I can get it with you too and go crazy and go off on talking about football or whatnot, like we did in the pregame show here a little bit, there has been plenty to talk about over the last week in Toronto Blue Jays baseball. Ups, downs, a little bit of all over the place. And we talked about the mantra over the last week, and I think the Blue Jays fans will agree with me here. As soon as this pitching goes off, this team is lights out. And I think we saw what happened when you can take a five-game break from pitching. It turns into a five-game losing streak. <laughs> so, Eric, how are you thinking over the last week uh, in Blue Jays baseball, this up-and-down fun that we've been dealing with? Yeah, the vibes are definitely a lot better this week than they were last week. Um, listen, when you, when you break it all down, they had a bad week. They had a bad week. It happens. It happens to the best teams. Uh, you know, from what I could tell, it was just, and I'm not making excuses, but you know, it was ridiculously cold in Boston. Uh, so they're just, they're not used to that being in the dome and, you know, going to other places where it's not always cold. Um, you know, a few of the players, I know Springer is still battling a stomach illness. Chapman had a stomach illness, so that could be playing a factor. Anyway, not making excuses. Um, those four games against Boston, uh, those weren't games where they got beat. Those were games where they, where they lost basically, um, they got to Pittsburgh. From what I understand, John Schneider uh, gave them a little pep talk, kind of just reinforcing some important uh, things that uh, that they went over in spring training. And whatever happened in Pittsburgh, it was a completely different story. And everything was firing on all cylinders. The starting pitching was great. Uh, the offense was phenomenal. Even some great defense. Uh, Got to give a shout out to Danny Jansen in that Friday game early on. Uh, things were things were looking a little bit hairy. He threw out a runner at third base trying to steal. And there was this, uh, that also that great play where uh, the ball got away from him. He quickly got it. Bassett covered home plate, uh, tagged out the runner. That was a major thing. And, and you could tell, just look at the combined score. It was like 22 to 3 over the, uh, <laughs> over the three games. So 
I think the vibes are good and uh, hopefully they, they keep it going forward. Yeah. On the flip side of that whole thing, um, running into a red fucking hot <laughs> Red Sox team was not helpful either. Um, Jason, what was your takeaways over the last few weeks or last week here? Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I really agree with, with everything that Eric said there. I mean, the, the Red Sox, even though they were getting beat up in the preseason and, and, you know, everyone was figuring them to be last and barely haunt, hanging on to that last block spot yeah. in the AL East. I mean, they've proven that they, they, they spent some good money and those players are starting to, to really play for them. Um, you know, Justin Turner's a good baseball player. He's not, it's not because he moves addresses. He's not going to continue to be a great baseball player. They have a good team. Yeah. I mean, there aren't too many teams out there that are bad, except for really Oakland or Detroit or the Chicago White Sox. That too. Either way, um, I think the biggest thing was was like you said, like all things were coming together, and it's interesting that you had mentioned that uh, that Danny Jansen, those two plays uh, as the father of a catcher. Um, what one of the things that my son has noticed is that Danny Jansen throws guys out quite effectively, but he throws for their body. He doesn't throw for a tag. He throws. No, they're sliding too. And the, the, the second baseman and shortstops for the Jays know that. And so they play in front of the bag. They don't try and straddle. They don't try and it's not, it's not a catch and tag. It's catch it. And the guy's going to slide right into it. And, you know, the play at third was incredible. I mean, that guy got a massive jump and that was a cannon down to three, but it could only be one place to get him out. It was right there. And then the play at home. I mean, I don't know what that guy was trying to do running home. I mean, that was 10 feet away from home plate and he is 75 feet away. So, I mean, you know, sometimes your brain gets in your way and, and you don't really see it. But I, I have to say, you know, after watching them struggle so hard in Boston, my God, was it ever refreshing to watch air in Pittsburgh. Like, I mean, good Lord. And what a beautiful ballpark, by the way. That's now on my list of ones that I, I almost must have go to uh, PNC. Uh- Absolutely. Absolutely. I yep. went there in 2012. It is a gorgeous baseball park. Uh, if you could sit behind the plate, you'll have the best view because you get the whole Pittsburgh skyline there. And uh, the neat thing about it, too, is it's right next to the Allegheny River and uh, Dalton Varsho. Can we talk about that home run? How awesome was that home run? I was vaporized. Beautiful. And I mean, that's 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 not easy because the park, you know, you have the park behind those seats, the right field seats, there's like a little bit of a walkway and then there's a space and then, then you have the actual river. So that ball had to travel totally. some distance and thank goodness, usually a lot of boats park alongside there, alongside that sidewalk. So thank God no one got a bit of a dent there on their boat. Got tattooed. Like <laughs> yeah. I'd be strangely okay with that being a Blue Jays fan if I got nailed with a baseball out there. Just saying. <laughs> Hope I would see it coming enough to catch it, but never know. There's a reason I don't play baseball as a player anymore and get to do this. So, but that was a, I, I agree with you, Jason. That's been on my list of ballparks. And actually, this series was a little later in the season. I would have very, well, I would have made it a point to make it my drive because that's about six hours from me here in Rochester, New York. So it's not too big of a drive. And to that point, apparently it's not too big of a drive for Toronto fans anyways, because I don't know if you guys noticed, it kind of looked like a quasi-home game, or at least yes. Friday and Saturday. Is Pittsburgh that close? It's about, from what I hear, five hours, I think they were saying, wow. from Toronto. Which I would say without the border problems. Because <laughs> going over the border either direction always tends to be a hassle. So... If you're flying, but Pittsburgh's a big city, you know, 
I would imagine there might be some direct flights right out of Toronto that some people maybe took advantage of and or yeah, it was it was really nice. It's I always find it's really nice when you do see a real like at one point I think in the in the Friday night game they panned down the the left field line and it was just it was almost all blue jerseys and you're like I mean you know and let's also talk about how iconic is that Pirates uni that white Perfect. on black it's so clean and so good looking um you know ever I liked everything about that series visually it was great you know uh, everything hit well the the D was great the pitching was amazing liked it all yes. And as far as a team that was looking to get back on track, that was a hell of a reason to try getting back on track because to that point, the Blue Jays kind of let the air out of the tires for the Pirates a little bit during that series. They were starting, they were like 500 over the week before that. And now they are sitting looking at a three and seven over their last 10 games. And that's mostly because the Blue Jays just trounced them for three games. Um, But to that point, it was beautiful to see that they could turn around on a team that has been hitting on all cylinders this early part of the season. If the Tampa Bay Rays aren't doing what they were doing all the month of April, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates every night on MLB Network and Sportsnet and stuff like that. So it's impressive to see that the Blue Jays were able to just come over and do what they needed to do to get that back on track for what is continuing as a long road trip tonight in Philadelphia. So, and, and not only did they do that to the Pittsburgh Pirates, they also did that two out of three times without probably one of their best hitters. Correct. Oh, laddie. Who? Thank God is back in the lineup tonight. But to that point, if it was the minor wrist tweaking that they were mentioning it was, it was the perfect time to take him out of the play. And like that, and to that point, we actually got to see Brandon Belt have his best game as a Blue Jay in that first game in the series, which was very, very fun to see. I've been waiting for him to click, and I'm sure Jason, I know you've mentioned that that one point too. When is he going to click? And it looked like the timing is finally there. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think the two players that, that really took advantage of those, of, of Vladdy not being there were Biggio and Belt. Um, right. You know, Belt was hitting the ball, like, does he hit anything but a double? Like, I mean, it's it's a little jerky. I, you know, like, maybe hit a triple or a single or a home run, try something different, you know, just for us, just for the fans. Um, but just, you know, um, all joking aside, and, and, you know, Kevin Biggio looked great at one. He made five or six really good defensive plays and, and, um, you know, he's now starting to be as effective as Witt is at, you know, a million different positions. And I mean, Rarefield played great. We could, I mean, we could go down the whole gamut. I don't, there was a player that had a, you know, a poor, uh, Pittsburgh series. I'm still waiting for Kirk to come around a little bit on, on a few things, but it looks like it's getting there. It looks like he's, he's starting to plant a little more and it's getting there. But I mean, Jano's making up for that right now and, and so. You know, when they roll, they roll. So, I mean, it's, and I was just, I was reading about Vladdy's injury, and I guess it's similar to what he had last year um, with the wrist soreness. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, you, you just put your kid gloves on and you make sure that he's uh, he's getting the work that he needs and, and make sure those other guys are in there when they can. Why you have a roster as big. So, on that point, Eric mentioned a minute ago he wanted to talk about some Dalton Varsho man lust. So, I want to talk, make sure we, Get Dalton Ball Show in the talk here. Um, I started noticing this a few weeks ago, but I was toying with his swing. But the fact that he's now gotten to the point where he's locked in with that new swing. Have you guys heard too much about the story on how he got back to doing the leg a little bit in the broadcast over the last few weeks? Yeah, I was listening it's- to them talk about uh, the, they and they they mentioned a couple of other hitters who have sort of gone through the toe tap and the and 
you know, a few other things with timing. And, you know, it's interesting to watch a guy who can get to where they're at, um, you know, experience a little bit of trouble with something and make a change as simple as, as what he's done. And yeah. it's, it's allowing him to get, you know, around on the ball. It seems to me a lot faster. And it seems to be like he's hitting the ball where he wants it to go, not where the pitching's allowing the ball to go. Like he's not spraying them to oppo. He's not, you know, jamming himself up. He's when it, when somebody throws him the right pitch, he's destroying it. And when he's not, he's putting it into good spaces where he can, you know, look like a strong safety and run to two. Not to mention just squeezing in le- bunts on left-handed pitchers every once in yes. a while, too. Yeah. For the hell of it. Why not? <laughs> so let me just hit this ball in the Allegheny River or just tap, done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I, I just think it's funny because in, in Blue Jays' recent history for this season, you talk about two different sides of the same coin. You have Matt Chapman, who goes to the toe tap to get his load done. And then you have the inverse of that now with Dalton Varsho getting... I can't say an exaggerated. It's not a Jose Bautista level leg kick or anything, but it's definitely kind of getting in that, like just to get everything moving kind of thing. But it's amazing what different things work for different hitters. And it just points out to the fact that everybody says that baseball is a game of adjustments. Case in point. Yeah. Right well, there. the disco yard again. Somebody just went yard. I didn't see who it was. It was Casta again. No, it's good for my fantasy baseball team, not for the base. So, Castellano, Castellanos has uh, been a Blue Jay killer f- for a while. I'm getting um, Brandon Marsh scoring on an error. Three oh, is that what it was? Okay, they, they were I, showing I, something that went over the fence. Maybe it was the replay, the home oh, run. Maybe, yeah, I wasn't looking was. right at that's it. Good. So, anyway, if anybody hasn't noticed, we're live during this show. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you join and subscribe and join us each week here. I know we're on a different night than here normal because we want to make sure we accommodate for our buddy here, Eric, here on a Tuesday evening instead of Wednesdays. So Blue Jays fans, make sure you join us each week and we'll have some more Blue Jays chats. And I, I just can't say enough good things about Dalton Bar Show and how we got to where he is. And I, I think Joe Siddle hit the na- nail on the head with what the real catalyst for the whole offense for Dalton Bar Show is over the last week, who's, by the way, is now... I think he's raised his batting average 70 years, 80 points in the last two weeks. <laughs> so it's no small feat, but it just gets his hands moving quicker. You can see it in the, you know, he was kind of just hanging out here for a while and then he wouldn't go until his first plant was already done. Now he's getting that kind of like, kind of like Josh Donaldson rubber banding looking kind of thing going on. <laughs> but thank God it's not a giant monster pick like that. It's just something subtle, but. Um, cause I think that goes too far in the other direction, unless you're somebody like Jose Bautista that had insane bat speed during his tenure with the Toronto Blue Jays, but good stuff. So after we look forward, you know, we've been talking about where the Blue Jays were over the last week and whatnot. I don't know how much you guys have looked at, you know, what happens post Philadelphia Phillies series here, but the Blue Jays are only going to have one off day over the next 17 days. Jeez Louise. And it does not get any easier. It definitely does not. Thank God there's at least a homestand in there after this whole series, whole two games in Philadelphia at Citizens Bank. But it's like you said, Jason, it's not getting any easier. (laughs) I haven't looked. This is a bit, this is a bit crazy, actually. This, this is why I had to make sure it was a talking point. Philly, ATL, Yankees, Orioles, Rays, 
Jeez. Just for the home series. And those wow. teams aren't hot at all. <laughs> no. Neither is Tampa. Who's next? Exactly. And then that's, of course, in the you know, house of horrors that is Tropicana Field for, you know, let's just start Monday at the, bo- at the juice box and see what happens. Why not? <laughs> so, and I can't say that the Twins are really a, you know, saving grace to end the month. But then we get to go to, you know, home, thankfully, again to Milwaukee. But this is a week at home, a week on the road, a week back <laughs> It's going to get very, very crazy. And I think I also was reading that they also only have like two days off over the next 30 days. So bullpen management's been a fun part to talk about already, boys. You're going to be talking some really crazy things going on over the next week, two weeks, three weeks. And they don't have a lot of guys that are up and downable with options right now. How important is now the starting pitching, which we are watching Alec Manola. I didn't see what inning it is right off the bat right now as well, he's getting knocked out of the game in the fifth inning again. Yeah, I can tell um, you Mays is uh, pitching for Manoa right now. Yeah. So I think you guys are ahead of me because MLB TV, I'm still in a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just using the game day app here, just uh, using the every at bat they posted up there. So I, I don't see what the pitches are. I just see what the at, the result of the at bat but yeah, listen, Craig, they're, they're going to be running the gauntlet. And, uh, yeah, you know, you could make it see, well, it's this. You know what? This is this is just, this is what it is. It is what it is. And, uh, you know, you just hope they come out with their heads above water. I wish we had the Pittsburgh Pirates-like month that they had the first day <laughs> opening of the series. That would make me a lot happier right now. Because like you said, this is the, the gauntlet is about the best way of describing this. You're just going to get bludgeoned over the next month. And I can't see there's much breather after that, even. <laughs> so, no, and I think it is what it is. One of the things we will start to see, though, is we will start to see the the heart and the soul of this team start to really show itself. Um, this is one of those true tests um, that can put you back down in fifth place, or it can keep you up in one and two. It can keep everybody's spirits up. It can keep all that stuff going. Uh, the one thing I, I like, I mean, even if they have a misstep and, and, um, and don't beat the Phillies today, I think that the opportunity, um, to have a really good, um, you know, sort of 10 games in a row is, is right in front of the Jays right now. And I think that, um, if they continue to use their, their bats first, uh, and their pitching second and, and hope that the pitching, you know, like, I mean, Kikuchi's been unbelievable. Bassett's coming, you know, Bassett has been really great. Manoa has struggled. We've seen that all year long. Um, you know, I think that, that, like I said, I feel like they've got a strong uh, ability to come out of this, ten, out of these next 10 on top of this. Um, and then, you know, really make a push through to the, 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 the first part of the most important part of the summer. And, you know, when it comes to the, the starting pitching, I don't know how you guys feel, but look, the five guys we have now, you know, it'd be great if they go out there and throw complete game shutouts and strike out a whole bunch of batters. Obviously, that'd be great. But you know what? As long as they're, as long as they're giving their the Jays a chance to win, correct. That's all I care about. As long as they're giving their teammates a chance to win, that's all I need. So if that's five innings and they give up two runs or three runs or let's say they somebody has a bad night, it's it, they you know they give up five runs, but the Jays have scored four. Hey, as long as the game is still winnable. I'm okay if, if the pitching isn't, you know, close to perfect. Yeah. And on that note, we get another RBI for Bo Shet. Shocking. 
<laughs> another home run. So the Blue Jays are now within striking distance of three to two at this moment with Vlad at the plate. So, um, but to that point, guys, the offense has been consistent, consistent, consistent. If it hasn't been Bo, it's been Chapman, it's been Whit Merrifield, as we had mentioned. So I agree with you, Eric. The linchpin is the fact that they need to find a way to stay in games. And right now, regardless of the struggles that we did see from Alec Manoa tonight, he kept us in this game. It could have been mm-hmm. worse. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a an average start for most pitchers. Three, you know, especially these days. Even that game against uh, Seattle that Manoa started, I mean, yeah, he gave up like nine hits. He had like five walks, but he only gave up two runs. <laughs> Three runs. Well, okay. So <laughs> I don't. I can't remember. I'm asking. <laughs> We've, regardless, I mean, his whip was was probably looking ugly by the end of his by by the end of his uh, night. But you know what? He only gave up two runs, and at the end of the day, that's the most important one. And that you know, if if he held it, he held it together. It's uh, Ben, but don't break. It's Ben, but not breaking pitching. And yeah, I feel like we've talked, we've talked about this a couple of times where Manoa really seems to be battling his way through these games and. At least if he's not getting a positive result, it doesn't feel like the Jays got hammered. Um, I feel like even through that Boston series, you know, every time I turn the game on, they seemed like they were in the game, whether they were winning, you know, or losing by five. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a very interesting season. Like the, there, there really are no bad teams this year. I think this is the first time in a long time where, you know, we consider this to be sort of a murderer's row they're going through, but I mean, we could pick another seven teams from all over and, and throw them into this mix. And it's exactly the same thing that, you know, like there's no easy rides. And I would, I, I would be bold as to say that the, the, the team that wins the world series this year could possibly be defined as one of the better teams to ever play baseball. Unless this kind of level of baseball continues. And if it does, then awesome for us. I mean, you know, it could be the, 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 the start of something incredible, um, for the entire, uh, you know, MLB. And I, I don't know if it's the, the juice from the World Baseball Classic starting things off or, or what it is, but I, I, do you guys disagree that this could possibly be the best ball you've ever seen, not just the Jays, all the way across the majors? I tend to agree with you, and I don't know what it is the catalyst, but it would not shock me having all that. I, we mentioned this even in the spring training with the World Baseball Classic as a love it or hate it situation. You know, most Blue Jays fans don't want to see Vlad go and get hurt or something like that, or even Kirk at that matter, or that we're going to the thing. But at that point, you see how hot they got because they were prepping for real serious games that much earlier. And they come into the season hot. I know they didn't either of them play in the World Baseball Classic, but there's that, like I said, it's just getting the juices going a little bit sooner in the season. And then if you did get to play in those games, all the better, correct? And they're watching their buddies. Like I would think it's spring training too. When you're like, if you're watching a game and you see one of your buddies hit a home run or you see your home country play well, you go out and, and maybe you hit a little better. Maybe your, your, your fielding drills are a little bit better, but it's, I don't know. I mean, if, if that's the case and let's have the world baseball every year or at least something that, <laughs> that, 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 you know, resembles it, maybe a softball tourney or something. I don't know. Well, you know, maybe this, the rule changes that they put in this year is also playing a, a role in that. Um, like you think about Kikuchi and the pitch clock. He was he's loving the pitch clock because he doesn't have to think too much. Well, maybe he's not the only player that has kind of that who has to deal with those kind of uh, head games. So now they're going up there. They know they have very limited time, so there's no time to think. They're just going to rely on their on their natural skill and ability. And maybe yeah. that's bringing out the best in the players. 
It's an awesome point. Very, very good point. We and... need a bell or something when the guest makes a really good <laughs> point. And then we keep a tally for the bells, and then whoever has the most bells at the end of the year gets a <laughs> Vladdy t-shirt or something. Oh, because I have money for that a bar drinking level podcast. <laughs> I'll send you a bottle cap. That's all you get. <laughs> Greg, you got to save the money for the uh, Kiermaier jersey you're buying at the end of the year. Oh, right? there it is. <laughs> so there's the fa- the true fact that he has been listening and doing yep. his homework before yep. he's a guest on this show. Easter eggs. <laughs> Easter eggs. So to that point, he's been what two eighty-eight. I think I saw the start of the game today, and I saw he, he had a really nice double again. To that point, like I said, it's all perks. He's been one of those guys that I was expecting here, and I'm getting so far, <laughs> and I'm strangely okay with it. But I will, to your point, I will not be buying a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to remember too, like with when it comes to players like Kiermaier, Varsho, uh, Whit Merrifield. They don't have to be the number one offensive threat. That's that's on Vladdy and and Bo and Springer and Chapman. That's on those guys. So for them to come in, there's less pressure, and then they could sort of play a supporting role, which I think can benefit them. Well, Kiermaier hitting ninth. I mean, the guy's crushing the ball. He's in. You know, he's so fast, and I mean, he sets the table for Springer and Bichette so often. It's awesome. And, and he's like, don't, you know, his message to, to manage, he's like, don't take me out of the nine spot. I don't <laughs> want to come out. I want to stay down there. Like, who says that? And he's getting the benefit of getting, you know, good pitching. He's getting the benefit of them knowing that, that, that Springer and, and Bichette are on their way up behind him. And, uh, you know, whether it's nerves, whether it's squeezing the ball a little too hard or whatever, but he seems to really benefit from the fact that, you know, there's big, huge bats looming behind him. Um, and he, he manages to get himself on. You know, I don't know if you guys are following Toronto politics, but in a few months we have a uh, mayoral by-election coming up. And uh, right now I think there's like close to 70 candidates that want to be the next mayor of Toronto. Is one of and, them uh, I Listen, if he puts his name on the list, I'm voting for him. Heck, I don't know, I don't know if, uh, in, if elections allow you to do a write-in vote like you can with the all-star ballot, but if you could do that, I'm putting Kiermaier there. <laughs> Uh, we can do that here in the States, but Bart Simpson's still the one that gets the most votes on the write-in every year. <laughs> I'm like, what year is this? <laughs> it's like uh, when the Clintons were, were when uh, Hillary ran for president, there was this funny thing that was going around the internet as far as things go that had Clinton running for president, something else I can't remember. And Blink-182 had the number one album in the country. I'm like, what year is this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's etched in my brain forever, that week so but no that's crazy and i agree with you that double k could win whatever the hell in blue jays fandom right now that i would like so crazy goofball and playing crazy well at the same time hell he might even help the leafs who knows <laughs> nothing to help the leafs <laughs> yeah. oh, there's man. only so Listen. many gifts you can have him go on like this with <laughs> so. um so side note Speaking of uh, other fun that was going on in six degrees from Blue Jay fandom, did you all happen to see what was going on in Buffalo this past weekend with the Bisons? Uh, was that the Josh Allen? Was that was he doing that this weekend? It was this past weekend. Is the Micah Micah Hyde charity softball event, and basically it's for youths, you know, a youth foundation here in the Buffalo area, Western New York, and you have a home run derby and a celebrity softball game. So there are two things that go on the weekend, and let's just say. Josh Allen mashes softballs. 
He hit one out onto the highway. I'm just thinking softball. I've only hit like three or four home runs in softball for a regular softball fence and be able to hit it over the regular everyday fence out onto the highway in Buffalo is a quite impressive feat. I'm trying to see if I have the video here to share. If you ever get a chance, there's slightly obnoxious. I don't know if you ever see these, you know, sort of softball guys that are real serious about softball. Um, but I watched video from a couple of years ago of these guys. They were at uh, uh, Mar- where the Mariners play. And there's okay. where, there were guys hitting balls over the top of the stadium out, like 500 plus feet. And it's like, you know, I get it, but you watch these pro softball players. They don't even run the bases anymore. The guy throws a pitch. The guy knocks one into the next county and he just takes his spin and doesn't even walk. It just turns around and walks off. And you're just like, wow. But yeah, Josh Allen was mashing. QB1 should be Toronto Blue Jay, like DH right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm wondering what dot softball those are, because I'm assuming they're the regular ones that we would use for like the softball league. And he's just peppering them off of the freaking facing or the fencing and stuff that's a mesh that just protects the ballpark from the highway there behind the what is not coca-cola field anymore one of oh salem field i should know that seeing the blue jays literally played there and i went enough times <laughs> so but this is quite impressive and i think the thing that's even crazier on the he didn't win for the first year in three years <laughs> oh really so who did win? Well, i'm ha- in the midst of sca- scavenging really really quickly to find it um, there's another football player. <laughs> so, anyway, while I find that wonderful tidbit that I lost, um, it's just a cool event that they actually do. And I would highly, highly recommend Toronto fans in general coming down because they get Blue Jays alumni. They get everybody. This year was a little thin on the Blue Jays alumni, but it was defensive tackle. Oh, sorry. Offensive tackle Spencer Brown that ended up winning. So, monster. <laughs> I wish there was more clips of him. <laughs> but Allen was defending it. So, that, like I said, he won it the last three years, the Micah Hyde event. So, pretty impressive. But, on that note. <laughs> you know, it's, always, it's funny you bring that up. So, I was just looking at something. Um, I remember when they used to do the, like, the battle of the sports guys. And all the sports guys would show up and you know, they do like the multi-event battle thing. And didn't Kelly Gruber win it twice? I know he won it once for sure. 100%. I know that. But I feel like he won it twice. I think you might... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
be need, accurate with we that. We need statement. Ken for this. We need Ken for this. Yeah. You just wanted to say Kelly Groomer's like he does every week. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Hey, I, I Kelly Groomer was one of my favorite players too. So I, I get when yep. when Ken when Ken gushes about Kelly Groomer, I get it. Trust me, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So seeing Eric, you're in the same wonderful gate age group here. Um, have you ever seen the Full House slash Kelly Groomer comparison? Uh, not familiar with that one. So comedian Dave Coulier is a stand-in clone, apparently, of Kelly Gruber. Oh, is that so, uh, un- Uncle Joey? Well, Dave no, Coulier. no, you're right. Yeah, I could, I could, I could sort of see the the, the similarities there. But I thought you were going to talk about that uh, the video that was like a video from about 10, 15 years ago, where someone was playing Kelly Gruber and he had the big mullet and it was one hundred percent rad and. Um, who's that? Uh, Mr. October. Mr. October, yeah. I think, was the name of the channel or the name of the channel that uh, produced that video. Well, that was like at the same time in 2015 when we had the we're back in the playoffs video. They were like, oh, and Kelly Gruber. And then they just had him sitting there going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. I'm trying to see if I can find the pictures here because, like I said, you being a Toronto native, Toronto native, you are wow. Toronto native and whatnot, I had to make sure you uh, had seen this because I came to this conclusion a few years ago and I, and I saw that Blue Jays Twitter was on it at one point and it was rather hilarious all of a sudden finding this information. So, going to find it and I will show you. <laughs> you know, speaking of events, like like the, the event that Josh Allen put on, I've always wanted the Blue Jays to do, or is, is the Blue Jays to sort of take a page out of the Yankees playbook and have like a like an old-timers game. You know, we have enough actually, guys that could swing it for a celebrity softball game. That would be really fun. Oh, see. I would, I would love to see that. And you know what? In a few seasons, the Jays are going to celebrate their 50th anniversary season. I wrote about this on on my blog, and I think it would be great, sort of as as that 50th anniversary season oh, yeah. approaches that awesome. they could that they could just have some of that. Like you could have like you know, Team Buck Martinez versus Team Carlos Tosca, and uh, you know, you could bring them all back, bring yeah. back all some of all, or even even the home run derby would be fine because you could have. Delgado versus Batista. Um, you could bring and in they would have a riot that. doing that, yeah. right? You could <laughs> bring in maybe you know maybe George Bell can still swing, right? I'd love yeah. to see that. I don't know if you saw what George Bell looked like when he was on the field for the uh, MVP stuff a few years ago. He looked like he could just mash home runs all day still. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so anyway, I have my photographic evidence here of Uncle Joey from. Um, full house and I'm going to share it here and you're going to laugh. So Uncle Joey. Oh yeah, there he is. <laughs> I mean, the, the model was in vogue back then. Yeah. Oh yeah, but right? it, 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 what killed me the most on the whole thing was the facial features. It yeah. was just <laughs> really so ridiculous, close. like close and then just to give you the fun and there's the Kelly. There you <laughs> go. Just give me a back like I'm doing the oh, uh, so you know, thing so at the good. eye office when you're doing, is this better or is this better? Yeah. Is this number two or number three? David Coulier or is this Kelly Gruber? Number two. So it's interesting you say that. I I don't. Do you guys know um, that the Yankees and Red Sox and I don't know who else does it, but I know that in hockey the 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 Habs do it. Um, They have these like legends camps where you pay like Mm. five grand, and apparently the Jays have one, like a fantasy camp, right? Yeah, it's totally awesome. Like. I turned 50 last year and it was right in the middle of, you know, COVID was just ending, but this is certainly something that I would like to do. Um, but yeah, what a cool idea to, to maybe get for the 50th, get everybody out, get a whole bunch of guys out, even if it just be 
you know, like where they do the the Mighty Mites game in between, uh, you know, at the at the hockey games. Yeah. Maybe get before a couple of the Jays games. Just get a bunch of guys together that can still play and you know, roll them out and have some fun. I mean, you don't want a, you know, a 75 year old Devon white blowing his hip out, trying to, you know, oh, he could, he could do it. He would do it. He's yeah. in oh, great shape, right? right? <laughs> and he, and then he's in Buffalo just saying is that he could have been in the celebrity thing this weekend and it just didn't get reported. And I didn't, I wasn't there, so I didn't get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but he's kind of like the third base, first base coach, I think for the Bisons right now, or he's been the roaming hitting instructor. I can't remember which yeah. he is this year, but he's changed his job the last couple of years. We saw him in Toronto last year. I forget which yeah. coach had to go well, out for was, the weekend for a graduation well, no, or something, un- but he came unfortunately, up. Unfortunately, uh, Devon White was the first base coach um, uh, filling in for Mark Budzinski. Unfortunately, he had that horrific uh, family tragedy, so uh, that's why Devo was was up with the team for uh, for a few weeks. Um, so. And he got to be up there anyways because I think it was the following week was the was that the celebration was, of the 92 Yeah, game? the back-to-back. <laughs> yeah, so. To that point, worst case scenario, if you have this celebrity softball thing, what's the worst case scenario if like Zeke Carrera comes back? Oh, I'd love to <laughs> see that. That's still fun. You know what? <laughs> you know? And, and that's another thing too, is you, not just bring back the superstars, the players that we absolutely love, but some of those supporting cast members that, you know, you remember because they were there, but you know, they're not, you know, they're not top of mind. So like, I'm thinking like from 92, 93, you could have like Willie Kenyatte and uh, Scott Brow and Huck Flenner and, uh, you know, just Randy Knorr. Uh, you know, players like that. It'd be great to see. Saw tweet, tweets about Rob Butler earlier. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> Rob not? Butler. Rob Butler was in the news here in Toronto because uh, he's going to be the manager for the Maple Leafs Inner County Baseball Team. So there's a a semi pro semi pro league here in in Southern Ontario, and uh, the Leafs. There, there's a baseball team called the Leafs, uh, just like how there used to be a minor league baseball team called the Leafs, but uh, Inner County semi pro. They've they've actually lasted longer. They've been around longer than the Blue Jays, and uh, after Rich and Rob Butler finished their major league careers, they played in this inner county league, and uh, Rob and Rich are coming back to coach the uh, the uh, inner county Leafs. So it's going to be a fun well, time. Thank you, Eric. Uh, I learned something. Well, there you go. <laughs> so that's really cool. But I think it really would be fun to bring back those guys, or even just get weird. Like uh, Eric, I'm sure you've heard the random podcast game we play a little bit with the naming a podcast with two ex Blue Jay people. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you've heard that one. Uh, well, if you think of one, throw it out there. <laughs> but anyway, um, what if you did the managers of those teams were like, my one that I always made fun was uh, having a podcast with Minoru Kawasaki and Mark DeRosa and call it, I think I'm turning Japanese. <laughs> you have, you have that, that, that D-Roll versus be, Kawasaki uh, as the coaches and you you know, know, that, have that some na- fun with it. That name might uh, cross cross a line, in, in, you know, but... Um... <laughs> But no, I mean it's it's a good idea. Actually, my favorite thing was when you guys did the name the Blue Jay uh, contest because that was that was just insane fun. You know, there were some questions where I just I had no idea, and then there's some where like I get it on the first try, and and the rest of you guys would take like six, seven tries to get it. And I'm like screaming my head off. It's Sean Green. What is wrong with you guys? No brains, no headaches. Always been the family <laughs> motto, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but to that point, no, those were some fun things that we really need to maybe get back with us uh, sampling of Blue Jays fans that come up and see if they can stuff the podcast team again or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we'll see what happens. But that was always a fun night. Um, but outside of that, guys, we're sitting at a four to two deficit right now going into the sixth inning. Um, the Philadelphia Phillies are finally starting to hit on some cylinders, it looks like, with their team. And 
And, and I'm not just saying that just because of this game, I'm saying in general. So the, the Blue Jays got a rough game ahead of them, even here with uh, Gossman on the hill tomorrow. Um, but we were talking before we got off on a police tangents, which we had some good fun with. Um, as we get ready to wrap up the show here, I want to make sure we end on a high note. Uh, where is this team going? Well, we've seen, so we've seen downs. What could be holes that need to get plugged with trades? Who are we hoping might come up? I thought the Jay Jackson move was a sneaky move that we got somebody really nice to put in that bullpen. And I think he's going to get some really good opportunities here all the week. Um, but I feel like that's the area of attack at the moment. I think one way or the other, the offense is going to do what the offense has been doing some fashion. The pitching, you might not get five amazing starts in a row, but you're going to get four, at least three of them, things like that. So you're trying to figure out how you slam the door shut. Romano can't do everything on his own. So I'm looking at the bullpen and there's a few names to certain people that I'm surprised have been having the struggles that they've been having. And I'm looking at Jimmy Garcia. Mesa is finally getting it together. I'm waiting for that. Like the, whoever to step up. And I'm very thankful that the Eric Swanson trade has looked as good as it has looked because everybody was very hurt about losing Teoscar Hernandez, self-included. But I, I think if you're looking for a place to improve this team, you're looking at the bullpen right now. Eric, I'll let you go with that one first. Yeah, you know what? It's it's. Uh, I mean, we're not talking about the bullpen when when the Jays are winning like five, six straight games, right? But no, you know what? You can never have enough pitching, and um, you know, and you're I, you would hope that the front office is always looking to improve the team. Um, I'm I'm glad Nate Pearson is back up. I really, really would love it if Nate Pearson could be a really good late inning reliever. I think the original plan was to see if he could be a two inning pitcher. Which I did that fun. very successfully the other day, actually. Yeah. So, like, if, if they can, if they can get Nate to be doing that, and uh, you know, he just has to work on his, you know, his, his aiming, his location. But if you can get him locked in, and then, uh, you know, Swanson keeps doing what he's doing, Jordan Romano keeps doing what he's doing, and then you know, the rest of them just sort of hang in there. Uh, maybe when Simber comes back from his injury, uh, we see we see a, a better version. Um, Trevor Richards, I was I'm, Trevor Richards has always been a, a point of worry for me, but uh, so far he's been all right. So you know, as long as they keep that going, <laughs> yeah, I think that they're you're, you're dead on. They have to be just better than all right. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to have lots of opportunity. They don't have to blow people's doors off. They just have to be better than all right. Like get a couple of guys out, get through a couple of innings, whatever the 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 game dictates. They have to be you know malleable, and they have to be able to. To, to fall right into those spots and do what the rest of the team needs. You're always going to get offense from the team, so you can always kind of 1980 Oilers yourself out of an issue. By, <laughs> you know, you, we'll just go out and bash. You just hold the gate shut, we'll go out and bash. Yeah. And, you know, once I think that some of those guys realize that, because I think last year they didn't have that option, they needed to actually try and win or, you know, get ahead in the game by using that pitching. And I feel like some of those guys um, overachieved, and now we're sort of seeing what they actually are. So, I mean, they're all good pitchers. They're not there for no reason. Um, and, and, you know, I feel like most of them have done a pretty good job. Um, we could use a couple more, you know, sort of long, strong ones when you're, you know, when you do have a starter struggle. I think that's going to be the biggest one is those long, you know, the the three and four and and sometimes extra, you know, innings that you need. But 
you know, I, I think the weakest point has been Garcia so far. And, um, you know, whether it takes bringing somebody else up, putting him down, you know, moving him around, whatever you do, he, he doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look like he's, he looks like the pitch clock is bothering him. He looks like he's rushed. And so, I mean, if it's not his, you know, if it's not his time right now, at least you can give him some time to start getting a little more used to it and, you know, come back strong. Cause I mean, you know, we're, we're in May, right? Like, I mean, you know, again, I, you know, I think that, that, that the Jays are really laying some awesome, you know, foundry work right now for what's going to come in June, July, and August. And, um, if we can see those guys died through a couple of wins and, and I mean, you know, there's, there's lots of pitchers we don't have to worry about. It's the ones that are kind of, you know, that we do have to worry about the Richards and the, you know, I'd like to see them all get a little stronger, get a little more work and just, you know, be confident in the fact that if you do give up one and you're down three, I mean, what, what, who's coming up next? Oh, Hey, it's Bichette, it's Bichette, Vladdy and, and, you know, Chapman, like, I mean, you know, let's be Big real. Bang, like, boom. Yeah. Or it's, you know, have a little confidence in your offense and, and just know that the defense, um, is so strong behind you right now that you're, you can throw a bit of a bad pitch as long as it doesn't leave the yard. You're probably going to get picked up. And I think that's the mantra they need to keep in mind. But in the midst of that, too, um, we've seen it happen in, as recently as the Boston Red Sox series that we could cough up a lead pretty damn quickly. <laughs> so there's that other piece to it, too. So that's all I was saying as far as where we need to get to at that. But then I'm just being the. I'm finding out that not only am I getting used to winning. But Blue Jays fans in general are getting more jaded and jaded by the day, it seems like. Um, it's, this is still one of the top five best records in major league baseball. We're scrutinizing over pennies here. I feel like at the same time, but to that point, I think it's maybe the flip side of that coin is the fact that my team usually loses. And so I'm waiting for it to fall off the wheels. You, you almost got me a minute ago, Jason, you were going with the old school hockey with the Oilers thing. I thought you were going to give me a Brett Hullism with my Buffalo Sabres. No, well, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, just, uh, I wouldn't do that. Come on. I, 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 <laughs> so it was kicked in, so, by the way. It was kicked in. I think he's even admitted that at this point. He goes, I got away with it. Yeah. <laughs> so damn and Sirifle not being yeah. around. <laughs> so. But to that point, I this is a great team. No matter what we are mantraing and talking about every week, this team on paper and the way it's been hitting, uh, even I can't say on all cylinders at this point because it has been, like you said, Jason, this guy picks that person up, this person picks up for the pitching. Whatever it might be, it's been a team effort. And I think we saw that over the weekend here in Pittsburgh in full form because outside of Brendan Belt carrying the team on Friday night, the rest of the team really filled in all the other pieces around that, but that was just an offensive carry. It was in the rest of the <laughs> the pitching did plenty. But do you guys agree with me in the midst of this whole thing that we're going to find one way or the other to piece together wins, regardless of how things are at this point? Oh, absolutely. I think people just need to remember, and I, I know this has been said so many times before, it's a long season, right? Um, you know, April and May is the time when, when teams sort of try to figure each other out, right? Uh, you got teams that don't normally win, win. You got teams that don't normally lose, lose. Everyone's trying to figure things out. June, July, that's when you sort of get the contenders and the pretenders. You got to let the story play out. I know 
that's hard. We live in a society where we need instant, quick results. That just doesn't work in baseball. Exactly. Exactly. The money symbol there for, for those who are uh, listening to us. Uh, but you know what? I agree with you, Ken. I think this, or uh, Craig, this team is, uh, this team has what it takes. And, um, you know, shit's going to happen. And it's barely you- in the summary. So it hasn't been barely over 20 Celsius here in uh, Rochester, New York, in like more than like a day yet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, you know what? Just, just hang on. Buckle your seatbelts because it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's yeah. really going to be fun. Like this summer is, you know, I, I have extra to look forward to because my sons are, are um, venturing into the land of 11, 12 um, baseball where they have a strong potential to actually make it to Williamsport this year. Um, the team from Little Mountain Vancouver, in Vancouver here that went last year is a team that we've battled. We've beat them a lot. Um, we're a very evenly matched team. And, it, you know, for me to to just take a step back and selfishly look at baseball for the summer, you know, it's, it's you know, totally tubular or whatever you said before. It's <laughs> hey, I, let's, Listen, I don't know what it is. It always seems like the, the Canadian representation at, uh, at the Little League World Series is from BC. Like, what's yeah, in the water, Jason? 15 of the last 17 years has yeah. been from BC, yeah. Um, yeah. which surprises me because there's special rules for the other parts of Canada where... Um, like our team, um, we have, uh, we have uh, like 30 kids maybe try out and, um, we won the provincials two years ago. Um, it's not like we're taking from a pool of, uh, you know, like some of the other teams like Coquitlam and, and, and Langley, and they have, you know, hundreds of kids that are available at every age group to be able to take from where we don't. And I find that, that there's something about baseball in British Columbia that really seems to shine where, you know, even, even like little mountain, for example, last year, when they went to regionals, um, sorry, nationals, uh, they outscored the competition 128 to nine. Like that's not (laughs) baseball scores. Like they were beating up, they beat up this Calgary team who's like supposed to be the best team in, in all of the country. I think they beat them 14 one. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't even a, a, a joke was back here. Like they <laughs> ran roughshod through everybody. And then they got to the Little League World Series and they beat Mexico and they beat Japan. Wow. Yeah. That's Which, saying a lot. Unbelievable. And and like I said, like this is a team that we readily compete with. Um, you know, we we probably beat them 80% of the times we've played them. Um, we know them super well. Not to say that the other teams out here aren't strong and aren't gonna give us a lot of competition. But I mean, apples being apples, I mean, it's, I, I, there's a really strong chance that, that, you know, we get to go to Regina and play for a national championship this year. And, and so for me, tack that on to the fact that the Jays, you know, just, it just looks like it's going to be fireworks and fun all summer long. Can't wait. Well, I'm definitely, I'm definitely crossing my fingers for your, for your kids and their team. Hope to see you. Yeah. If they make it to the Williamsport, I'm coming down to see you. You're darn right. You're right. <laughs> So, on the Blue Jays piece, as we put a bow on it here before we do our picks to click for the week here, um, the Blue Jays still have a plus 20 run differential, obviously, at the moment with tonight's current score that might change slightly. Um, it can't be the Tampa, Ra- Tampa Bay Rays right now that have a plus 118 run differential <laughs> because they just have the most ridiculous craziness going on around that club right now. And to that point, I'm glad the Blue Jays were able to do what they did to them 
during their series. And we're going to get more of that as we go down to the trap here in a few weeks. But um, this team is right there in the thick of it with all of the beasts of, of the American League East, along with all the high-ranking teams in baseball at this point. Like I said, they're in the top five records in Major League Baseball. The problem is three of those records pretty much are in our division. <laughs> so it is what it is. Um, but to that, I think Blue Jays fans just need to usa, grusraba, you know, from anger management or whatever. And make sure you just remember that when we do lose a game, hey, there's one tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Yep. <laughs> so, and to that point, if there's any Blue Jays players that haven't figured that out yet, good baseball players have short memories. Just saying. Dude, be a goldfish. Yeah. Yeah, be exactly. a goldfish. Have you guys watched the last time? Yeah, you have. Be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. <laughs> or hey, listen, what did, what did Roy Halliday always say? Next pitch, next pitch, next, next pitch. Next pitch. Right? Yep. Put it out As of As he's head. running laps in the ra- rafters at uh, <laughs> in the ballpark and everything. Did you guys ever hear that crazy workout that he used to do? I heard a story once where uh, he was supposed to start a game at... at uh, against the White Sox. It got rained out. So all the players took advantage. Hey, we have a night out in Chicago. Let's go. And he stayed behind. He put in his work. He ran around in the pouring rain around the stadium and just went home or went to the hotel, basically, while everyone else was uh, was uh, having a good time in the Windy City, basically. So the workout that I heard that he did regularly, it was called the Halliday Mile, and he would run up, you know, go up into the 500 level and run up the stairs and kind of go like this around the top of the stair and go up and down stairs. And it was one of the most crazy things I've heard. Because everybody's been in the Rogers Center and knows what those stairs are like. Yeah. You know, you're not paying attention when you're coming down. You could, you could wipe <laughs> out. be going really far down. There's a reason I only drink a couple beers usually when I'm sitting <laughs> up at the 500 level. Just saying. And I was surprised my wife, who was afraid of heights, actually lets me sit up there where we go to Buffalo. We're not allowed to sit up in the top uh, top deck for the <laughs> same reason, but they don't have that safety rail. Well, I was just about to say you got the you have those bars there that sort of gives you a little more uh, gives you a little more confidence. Something death grip. <laughs> so good deal. Is there anything you guys would like to add to the conversation here before we do picks to click and then our typical two claps and a Ric Flair to get a out of here? <laughs> no, I'm ready for picks to click. Let's do it. There it is. So. Um, last week, I, this is where the fun question is. And, uh, I think we're going to use Eric here as our tiebreaker. Yeah. Um, the picks and I'll, t- I'm not going to list off who it is. So Eric doesn't get a G unless he's listening in too many weeks in a row. Like it sounds like he might. <laughs> so, um, we had Kirk double K Merrifield and Varsho over the last week. As far so, as the four picks that were picked last week. So, so who had the best week of the players of those four guys who had the, best week and i don't think i need to make too many arguments but i would say you're dropping kirk and kk okay so compared to those other two so maryfield and Varsho had some very fun times so on my twitter account after a blue jays win i do i do like a little three stars selection so if i remember correctly i think i gave more stars to maryfield more than Varsho. so i would pick maryfield that would have yep, been my and I tended to agree with you as much as I really did not want to give Ken another damn win. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, every time, uh, you know, Craig, every time I hear, I, I think about Whit Merrifield and what I see what Whit, Whit, Whit Merrifield does, I think back to a previous episode of Jaybird watching 
uh, when it was the trade deadline episode, you had a, I'm so sorry, I forget his last name, but what his first name was, I believe was the name of the episode. Yeah. You had, um, Mitch and, and Mitch sounded like a really cool, I just, I forget what yeah. his last name was, but you asked him how he felt about the trade to get Merrifield. And he was just so upset about it. And he was just like, I'm so heated. I'm so angry. I can't believe they did this. And I, I, I remember just, I remember feeling so taken aback by that. It's like, oh my goodness. Like it's, you know, he's he, okay. He's not what he used to be, but Hey, he could contribute. So he's definitely contributing right now, which is great to see. In fact, I would argue uh, when it came to last season, Whit Merrifield maybe hit, hit one of the biggest home runs of the season for the Jays, um, yeah. which was the game in, in Tampa on that Saturday night in Tampa. Uh, when they were down like one nothing, and Manoa was pitching, and he was doing, he was pitching his ass off, and the offense wasn't getting anything done. And I think Witt hit a uh, three run home run, and they won that game, and then came back the next day and split the series. And I think, you know, that would be if not the biggest home run of the season that year, it was definitely one of the biggest. So no, I remember that one. And to that point, I uh, think I mentioned it a few weeks ago that the Whit Merrifield become the Reed Johnson of this player of this oh, team. I love Reed Johnson. Somebody that just grinds and grinds and finds a way to contribute some fashion. Even the, the the game, you know, if he doesn't have a you know a bunch of hits, he finds a way to steal a base, makes a great play in whatever position he happens to be playing. <laughs> Tonight he's playing right field for the first time, I think they said in a couple of years. So that's quite impressive that he has that kind of flexibility and help this team in so many fashions and right now his bat has to be in that lineup he's been one of the i'd say catalyst players in this lineup at the moment especially when he has had all the stolen bases at this point i think he's got seven steals already i can't tell you the last time a toronto blue jay had seven steals this early in the season yeah and i don't think that's just the new basis yeah Jeez, you'd have to go back to uh, Alomar or White when talking yeah. about like seven steals yeah. by now. I was thinking maybe Shannon Stewart, but there was only a couple of years where he threw like 20 30s up, you know? Well, yeah, well, Sean, Sean Green had the 30 for 30 in uh, in yeah. 98, right? So maybe there's yeah. that. So it's something like that. But either way, better bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, but to that point, I agree with you that with Merrifield is the winner. It's the final. Yeah, who can he's got he, so right now just for the everybody that happens to be listening and apparently Ken should really start placing some bets on some players over some weeks on FanDuel or something. Um, but he's now four wins to Jason is one and Eric maybe this week you can help the guest spot get on the board. Yeah, so, I'd be happy to. So seeing you're our uh... guest and Ken's not here to claim his trophy. I I carry his pick for Whit Merrifield over. Because he's not okay. here this week. That's the rule. Yep. So he gets Whit Merrifield here again. So he's the only player off the board for you, sir. Okay. So by the way, it looks like the Jays just scored another run on an error. So it's 5-3, top of the seventh. There you uh, go. But there you go. Okay. So you know what? I actually put, knowing that there would be a picks to click, I actually put a lot of thought into this. Uh-oh. And uh, Uh-oh. I came down to two players in my head. Uh, one of those players has already been picked, so I'm going to say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going with Brendan Belt. There you go. He keeps that heater, keeps keeps uh, keeps staying on that heater. Yep. And I think he's going to get plenty of DH spots with what um, will be a couple games where Jansen's going to be playing because of the pitchers on the mound. So that's not a bad pick. I agree. <laughs> Ride the heater while you can, correct? <laughs> okay, so you always, you always get Shafter, Craig, so you can go next. 
No, let's go ahead. <laughs> yep. Are nope, you sure? I'm good. I'm good. I'll find All a right. way to win one way or the other. That's what I get All for right. hosting. Someday um, I'm going to talk you guys into the like what we used to do on this show, which was we had like the spinning roulette of who the hell hosted every week. And it was like a separate <laughs> live thing. I, I, I can only come up with so much content. I'm brain yeah, I know. You're doing a hell of a job. <laughs> um, so I think uh, for this week, I am going to go with uh, former Arizona Diamondback Dalton Varsho. So, he, so now that he's finally available, you're going to pick. You're darn right I am. <laughs> so I've been picking nothing but guys that uh, you guys really should not let me pick anybody. Because outside of Chapman, the one week I picked him, him being part you know, of the AL MVP for the month of April. Basically. <laughs> yeah. um, that was the week that he went on a heater and really took that award home with him. Um, I picked Kirk, Vladdy, Springer, Manoa, and Kirk again because, you know, apparently I don't like winning. <laughs> so, I'm trying to think of who the hell I actually could do- go with, and I just feel like I need a win. So I'm going to go with the guy that had one home run and two hits already this evening. And I'm going to say maybe if he keeps riding what's going on here, it'll be the month of May MVP because he's got oh, a hell of a good start to it. And I have a strange feeling Jason already knows who I'm thinking, and I'm penciling in Boba Shepard. Yeah. Like, Excellent choice. <laughs> so, I need to end something. So and I'm either going to win or Bo's going to suck this week. <laughs> and I figure I can't only screw that up so badly right now when he's already got a home run. <laughs> so outside of that, anything else? Eric, I kind of already gave you your share or your shameless self-promoting bit. So, but you're welcome to do anything else you would like to talk about before we sign up. Yeah. Well, uh, again, thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks for rearranging the schedule just to have me on the show. I really, really appreciate it. It's been a real honor. Uh, again, shameless plug, dnjt.wordpress.com. Definitely not Jay's talk. Uh, Twitter is at the heck, T-H-E-H-E-K. Um, and, uh, yeah, the next, uh, post on my blog is going to be what I call a retro Blue Jays post. So that's where I look for some cool old school thing on YouTube about the Jays and, and put it up on the blog. And I found, um, this, uh, this fan, he, uh, went down to exhibition stadium in 1979 and 1980 on camera day. So I don't know if, if you guys remember camera day, but basically fans could go on the field with their cameras, uh, not cell phone cameras, but actual cameras. And they'd bring the players out. They'd sit them on a platform and whatever, and people could just take pictures. So this one fan, uh, he took down his 8-millimeter camera, and he basically filmed the players posing for camera days. So we're talking 79, we're talking 80. So you see a very young Dave Steve. You see a very young uh, Lloyd Mosby. Alfredo Griffin. And and, uh, also... Can you hear the clack, clack, clack from the camera? That's no, but <laughs> so the funny thing is, uh, what this gentleman did is he then took the footage and then he put a little soundtrack uh, oh, on awesome. top of it. So he put some really nice, nice music. But what he managed, he, I don't know how he got this, but he found an old radio intro from that era. So it's basically Tom Cheek saying live from Exhibition Stadium, Blue Jays baseball Perfect. is on the air, and it just. Yo, it hit. It had all the. It hit me in the heart, right? Because you gotta send. You gotta get send that out. Well, uh, I mean, that's killer. Now so make man. sure we retweet that and everything when you get that done. For sure, I'll send so. the link out. And then uh, the only other shameless thing is uh, Ari Shapiro and I have been talking about doing a a Blue Jays podcast. Not not like what you guys do. We're gonna do stuff off the field, talk about history and culture. So I think we've been talking about doing it for about two years. So uh, one of these days we'll get something up. But it'll be like a. Oh. 
the way I think of it is it'll be like an appetizer. We'll be this appetizer podcast. You listen to us talk about some random Blue Jays player or a history bit, and then people can then sink their teeth into a nice, juicy Jaybird watching episode. So. And to that point, Eric, I keep talking to him all the time about all these wonderful things we could do, too. So it sounds like I'm not the only one talking to him. It's wonderful. <laughs> Ari's a busy and man. Point, and to that point, I've told Ari on many occasions, too, if you guys ever want to add something like that to what is our brand, I am more than happy to have that conversation. <laughs> so we can talk about that whole thing. And then you will have a home and don't have to worry about nonsense. It's already got a place to go. <laughs> <laughs> sounds so, good. And then it will encourage more shenanigans. <laughs> Love shenanigans. <laughs> So good stuff. And it has been a pleasure having you on the show tonight, Eric. So Thank we'll you. make sure we do this again sometime. Um, so anyways, for another week of Jaybird watching Blue Jays fans. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Make sure you listen in every week. We are live every time. So make sure you join the chat. We see plenty of people popping in and out, but we never get too many messages. So make sure you send a message to the chats wherever you're listening to us for the live stream, whether it's on YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, even Twitter, wherever at this point. And anywhere you get your podcasting pleasures for, if you miss the live shows, make sure you listen in too. And we're on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you can really possibly imagine getting podcasting information from. So we're there. The official podcast of jaysjournal.com, part of Fan Sided. We are Jaybird Watching. You've been listening to me, Craig Borden, Jason Lyons, and Eric the Hack. <laughs> so uh, make sure you listen in. And I think that's time, boys. Finish it up with two claps and a Ric Flair. One, two, three. Let's go, Blue Jays. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdWatchingGC, and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.